Hey, if you're brand new here, uh, maybe you've never been to Bridge Youth, maybe you've never been to our church, hey, maybe you've never been to church. Can I just say, like, welcome? I know today was the first day of school for a lot of you, and yet here you are. Like, thanks so much for choosing to come and to hang out with us tonight. We like to tell our brand new people week in and week out that we're here to build you up, not... Yeah, like you don't have to believe to belong here. Like maybe in a lot of other places, but not here. Like if you're in the room, your family tells us. If you got a Bible, open to Psalm chapter 27. Psalm chapter 27, that's in the Old Testament. Uh, if you have a, who's got paper Bible? Who's got paper Bible? That's what's up. I love paper Bibles. Um, we're continuing in our series. This is week five of our series entitled Summer Nights. And in this series, what we've been doing is we've been answering um, kind of a big question every single week. And it being entitled Summer Nights is the type of question that really often will come to mind in a summer night. Like when you're up at three in the morning for no reason whatsoever, this being the first day of school, how many of you guys were up past three in the morning last night? It's like, that's just, that's just on you. I don't know what to tell you. Like, or like, or maybe um, one of the summer nights was spent for you at the beach watching at the west coast, best coast, the sunset over the Pacific Ocean and just kind of big dreams uh, and big questions come to your heart, to your mind. Or maybe it's, uh, it's laying in your front lawn on a warm summer night looking up at the stars and you're just like, the universe is so big and I am so very small and there must be more to life. And like these questions come to your heart and to your mind. Well, Tonight we're answering another one of those big questions, and the question is this. It is this, right? There it is. How do you know when God is speaking to you or calling you to do something? How do you know when God is speaking to you? Um, anybody ever have somebody, somebody ask you something or tell you something or say something to you, and you don't hear them, right? And so you hit them with like, I'm sorry, one more time? And then they say it again, and again you don't hear them. So you're like, I didn't hear you. What, what did you say? And then they say it again, but you still don't hear them. So you're like, I'm sorry, one more time. And then they say it again, and then you have to pretend like you heard them because you still didn't hear them. That's kind of like what tonight is about. Like, uh, what are you saying to me? Like, what? what is, what's going on? Like, it's the, like in marriage, just know. Um, gentlemen, if you don't hear her the first time, just pretend like you did and move forward. Just move on forward. Um, like, can I just say to like really, really, really quick, can I just say there are some Christians that you will meet that will like constantly pretend, they'll want this Christian. Some of you guys who grew up in church, you know this Christian. Um, so last week God told me and oh, this morning, so I woke up and, and I was like, all right, so am I gonna, am I gonna have Fruity Pebbles or am I gonna have, am I gonna have uh, Cookie Crisp? And God told me, Cookie Crisp. And I was just like, okay, God, like, you're the boss, Jesus, Cookie Crisp, it, it. And like, we were like, God told me, God told me, God told me, I hear it from God 24 7. Can I just say, if people are trying to act like they're like hearing from God 24 7, they're playing games. Like, none of us hear from God like that. Like, you, these, these people don't even know the lyrics to their favorite songs. They're singing, they're singing Queen. I was looking up, like, m most, like, the worst mistaken lyrics of any song. And one of them was Queen. That's like, kicking my cat all over the place, singing. Look, I hate cats, but that's not the lyric. Don't come around trying to kick no cats. I'm not about animal abuse, even though cats are satanic through and through. It's uh, kicking your can all over the place. Remember like old school Bieber 
And uh, man, I'm so like old school. Like, what was what was the the world album? What was world the world album called? Devante, what was it called? <laughs> Bet you know too. What is it called, Devante? You're lying. It's my world. And there's that song. It's like when you smell, I smell. And you're like, why do they both smell? Like, how come when he smells, she's? It's not smell. It's smile. People can't even get the lyrics to songs right, but they're trying to walk around like, oh, I hear from God. 24-7, they're playing games. It, can I tell you, as a pastor, yes, it's difficult to hear from God at times. But here's the thing about our God. Our God is personal. He's a personal God. He's not far away. He's not far off. As you lay in your front lawn and you look at the stars, he's not somewhere, a galaxy far, far away. Actually, he's right there with you in your front lawn. He's not about religion. He's about relationship. And so, yes, God can and he will speak to you, but um, often it's not in what you would call an, an audible voice. My, mom's, my mom is hilarious. Who's got, who in the room, your mom's just crazy? Who's got crazy mom? My mom's crazy. Um, big facts. Like, you guys are like, yeah, my mom's crazy. My mom's actually crazy. Like, my mom's crazy. Like, I love her. Like, it's, she's so much fun to hang out with her. My mom, often she'll, she'll hit me up. She'll call me. She'll text me and like, Corey, um, can you pray for this or that? And I always will, but often I'll encourage my mom, hey, make sure you pray about this as well. And, and one time her response was, Corey, I do. I pr I'm praying as well. But you and God, you just have a special, you have a special connection. And I'm like, well, like, it's like, well, you think that like we all are given like this metaphoric, spiritual walkie-talkie, and because I'm a pastor, like my walkie-talkie has like a higher and better frequency than your walkie-talkie, and so God hears from me and I hear from him. It's not like that. Let me tell you tonight, you can talk to God. You don't need a mediator or a translator. You don't need like a priest or a pastor to be between your conversation with God. He is personal and you can hear from him. He'll hear you as good as he hears anybody else and you can hear from him as clearly as anybody else. So talk to God. Sermon in a sentence if you're a note taker. If you're a note taker, I love you more and so does God. Just saying. God will speak to you if you learn to listen and obey. So... How, how do you know when God's speaking to you? And how do you know when God's calling you to something? Hey, let's pray real quick. God, thank you so much for who you are, God. I pray that tonight that, that we would hear from you, God. I pray that we would become a community infatuated with hearing your voice, God. Infatuated with hearing from you. Learning to know when you speak better than ever. God, I pray that you would do that tonight. I pray, God, in the midst of that, that we would lean in. That our attention would be just focused on you, God. No distractions. We push them all aside. And God, I pray that this Saturday, as I'm in Los Angeles watching your team dominate the Rams, that you would keep everybody healthy, and that the Rams would get destroyed, and the Raiders would win, and I just pray an extra special curse over the Denver Broncos for no reason particularly tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. No particular reason why I'm praying against the Broncos tonight. Just feel it. In this, imagine you're like a Denver Broncos fan here for the very first time. I saw someone dropping off their kids and they had Denver Broncos like uh, seat covers. And I was like, man, I see you. And so does God. I pray that they would either change teams or change churches. I'm just kidding. No, no. I'm just joking. Ah. Hey, um, so, so have you ever noticed how, um, have you ever noticed how certain things only happen in certain places? 
let, let me break it down like this. Have you, have you ever noticed like school? Today's the first day of school for some of you, if I haven't reminded you enough yet. Um, school has bells, right? Like, and like that's no big deal as I tell you, school has bells. You're like, well, duh, of course. But you're only like familiar with it because you've been going to school since kindergarten. Like you know the bells because of school. Imagine if you had a bell anywhere else in life. Like, what does a bell accomplish at school? It accomplishes what? Like, hey, your time and your moment here is over. It's time to move on. Like, what if you had bells in your relationships? And like, ladies, it was time to move on in that relationship, and you're done with him, and it was like, Aah! and you're like, I'm sorry, we're done. Time to move on. Like, certain things are only appropriate in certain places. Guys, like, I'm sorry to tell you, like, don't ever try to use a bell to let your girlfriend know it's time to hang out. You can't summon her with a so anyways uh, like or or like you know like at the gym like I I obviously go to the gym all the time um and I lift really really big weights I put the um uh when I bench I what are like the, what are the biggest plates 45s yeah I put um I put the 45s on there and I um do the bench pressing thing with those all the time but like at the gym there's, there's something that happens only at the gym. Gigantic men in tiny clothes and in tank tops that don't even cover their nipples screaming as loud as they can every time they pick up anything. Now that's okay at the gym. I don't even think it's okay at the gym. But imagine that same man at the grocery store picking up a box of cereal like, cookie crisp. Like, I just, if you guys haven't noticed, I really want a cookie crisp. If anybody wants to buy me some cookie crisp and almond milk, please. Or like certain jokes you can only tell like home alone by yourself, like no one else around. Ladies, you don't, you don't, don't play games. You know what I'm talking about, ladies. You don't fart on your friends at school, but when it's Friday night and you're having a sleepover, it is bubble guts all day long. <laughs> certain things only happen certain places. Can I tell you, um, God will speak to you when you're in his presence. If you're a note taker, write this down, presence, presence. This, is, this isn't as much of like how you could tell if it's God speaking to you as much as it's like a hint on how to pave the way for God to speak to you. One of the best ways is to put yourself in the presence, in his presence as much as possible. Put yourself in God's presence as often as as possible. Um, let me ask you, if you could ask God for one thing, what would you ask him for? Anything in the world. There's a guy in, in um, the book of Psalms who asks God for one thing. Here's what he says. Psalm, Psalm chapter 27, verse 4. He says, one thing I ask of the Lord. This is what I seek. A Bugatti and that I may dwell in that. No, he didn't say Bugatti. He's not. He was like, I don't see that in there. Maybe he's reading the message. Eugene Peterson says, one thing I ask the Lord, this I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And, and to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him where in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe where in his dwelling. He will hide me where in the shelter of his tabernacle. He will set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above my enemies who surround me. Where? At his tabernacle. I will sacrifice with, with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. I will worship 
is what he's saying. And he says, because of all this, because I will spend all my days in God's presence, God, he will hear my voice when I call, when I pray, oh Lord. And then here's the last part. Be merciful to me and answer me. You notice it's not a question mark after answer me. It's a period. It's an end of statement. It's a statement. God, you will answer me. Why? Because I'm going to spend all my days where? In your presence. See, because when you're in the presence of God, what happens is you can expect God to show up and to speak to you. You can, sh you can expect God to show up and speak to you when you're getting in his presence. Don't, look, I'm a youth pastor and I get this all the time. Don't come to me and hit me with, I'm, I'm not hearing from God. You guys don't sound that annoying, but for the sake of this moment, you're going to sound this annoying. I'm not hearing, Pastor Queen. I'm not hearing from God. Don't hit me with that if you're coming to church twice a month and not reading your Bible. Like, just don't. Like, because if you're not putting yourself in the presence of God, how are you expecting to hear from God? Right? The biggest moments that I've heard from God have been in atmospheres of faith. It's been in the presence of God. And I've seen that for so many of our students. So many of the students that I've, that I've come in contact with and my, my journey has crossed their journey both here and throughout all the places I've done ministry, one of which was a young lady named Jaden that I met over a year ago at a camp I spoke at in Idaho. And I just wanted to show you guys just a really quick short clip of what's their camp promo for this year and how she's talking about a moment where she heard from God last year. Hey, check out this video. My parents have helped me a lot to be who I am today. My dad works at Rock Harbor, so he pours into people every day, and I just love how he's really supportive for people and genuine and loves the Lord more than anything. My mom is a nurse, so she has pretty rough days, but she always leans on God. They've set an example for me because I just look up to them so much. When I was a kid, I had accepted Jesus because that's just what you did. Like you accepted Jesus into your heart and he came with you and he was always with you. But last year at camp, I really felt like different and I felt like it was totally new. I felt like the presence of God in me. And after I accepted Jesus, I began to just see people in a different way and want to love the people that I didn't like. And um, I started praying a lot more and I saw a big change in that. One of the days when I was in chapel, we were, um, we were gonna put on white bracelets and it meant like friendship and you are loved. And Corey said, is Jaden here? And I know he that said, guy. come up here. And so I went up there and he just spoke into my life and said like that I was always smiling and happy and just really made him feel loved and that meant the world to me and I will never forget that. After what Corey said to me, I was really inspired and I just wanted to share that with other people. Ever since then, I'm trying to help people and just share God's love. I'm happy that I made the decision to follow God and ask him into my heart and I can't wait to see what that does for my life when I'm older and what God's plan for me is going to look like. Hey, when it came to Jaden's story, where did she hear from God? At camp. 
It was in an atmosphere of faith. You know where I got the call of ministry into my life? It was at camp. I'll tell you this, the biggest moments that I've heard of in people's lives has often been in what I, I like to call an atmosphere of faith, where people come together, they join their faith together, and God shows up in a unique way. Look, God is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere. There's a difference between his omnipresence and manifest presence. See, God shows up in a unique way when we show up to a place together saying, God, would you speak to us? And that's what happened. So man, you wanna hear from God? Continually put yourself in his presence. But let me just add one more thing on top of this. When you're in his presence, be present in his presence. Be present in his presence. See, there's a moment in the, in the Old Testament where God's calling Moses, uh, Exodus chapter 24, verse 12, and he tells Moses this. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, come, come up to me on the mountain and be there. Isn't that a weird way to say that? Be like me saying, hey, um, come over to my house and be at my house. M meet me at the movies and then when you go to the movies, be at the movies. You're like, you're just repeating yourself and you sound, what are you talking about? Here's why I think God said this, said this this way so specifically. Because we can be somewhere and not really be there. You can be somewhere and yet your heart and your mind and your focus and everything is somewhere far far away. It's like when today when, when your parents picked you up from school and you're in the car, but like you're on Instagram and you're texting and you're on your phone and then out of nowhere, like your brother in the back seat is like, hey, and you're like, oh my gosh, didn't even know you were back there. Didn't even, and you're like, oh my goodness, great. Like you didn't even know who was in the car. Why? Because your mind and your focus and everything about you is somewhere else. When you're in the presence of God, let me encourage you, be present. What does this mean? This means both public and private. So when you're, having, when you're having time, when you're home, alone, by yourself, in your room, with your Bible, praying, try, try using a paper Bible. Try using a journal so that you're not constantly seeing the notifications over and over. Put your phone on airplane mode. At times here at service, try your best to forget about all the other things that you got to go and deal with. Focus in. Be present even in his presence. Because what I believe is that when we do that, what will happen is we'll hear from God more. And the more we begin to hear from God, the more we learn, the more we learn what his voice sounds like. Amen? And next point, persistence. Um, who's, got, who's got a younger brother or sister? Does anybody have a younger brother or sister that's younger than eight? Okay, so you know what I'm about to tell you. Isn't it the worst when they just repeat your name over and over and over and over and over and over and over again? Like Andrew, 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 Drew, 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 Drew. You're like, my name's not Drew. Don't call me Drew. There's a reason why I'm ignoring you. Like it's the worst. It is the absolute worst. But check out this story in uh in Luke chapter 18, verse number. We're gonna start in verse one. Luke 18, verse one. Is what it says. Then Jesus told the disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And coming to him with a plea, uh, I'm sorry, uh, and there was a widow in town who kept coming to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. Verse 4. For some time he refused. 
But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, since she just keeps over and over and over and over again pestering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out and come and attack me. You ever feel like you're just annoying God? Have you ever felt like, like you're just the nagging younger sibling that's like, God, 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 Jesus, Jesus? And so like you try to sound cuter, you're like, Jesus, Lord, my Lord and Savior, God, and like you feel like you're bugging God, can I tell you, he loves that, he loves it. Like you might hate it when your younger sibling does it, but he loves it. And actually, this is the example Jesus gives us when he's trying to teach us how to pray. He says, yeah, just do this over and over and over. You know what this story is called? It's called, it's called the parable of the persistent widow. Persistence. Here's the thing, don't don't go to God, ask him something once, and then after you feel like you didn't get an answer, be like, okay, never mind, I'll just move on. In fact, ladies, the first time a guy asks you out, tell him no. Make him ask again. Don't tell him yes the first time. Make him ask again. And if he's not, not going to be persistent, then he doesn't like you enough. All right? Like, big facts. Okay? Now, okay, don't be like, no. Like, just tell him no. Try again. Do better. Bring flowers next time. Also, Chipotle wouldn't hurt. Like, you know, but when it comes to God, be persistent. Ask. Ask again. Check out this verse in Matthew 7, verse 7. It says, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. You know why I feel like so many can't distinguish the voice of God in their life? Because so few are persistent in seeking the voice of God in their life. They're seeking every other voice around them. They're listening to every other voice around them. But they're not persistently pursuing God's voice. You know one of the first things they do? I, I, just, had a, um, I just had a nephew that was born about a month ago. And you know one of the first things they do when a baby is born? They take that baby, and if you've ever, if you've ever uh, been in health class in the sixth grade, number one, you're scarred after seeing that video. Uh, number two, you know babies come out flipping out. Like, they're all out chaos, right? Like, and, and one of the first things that they do, they actually take the baby, they put it in the arms of the mother, and they tell her to begin to talk to the child. Why? The baby does not understand a single word the mom's trying to say, right? Have you ever tried to talk to a baby? There's nothing there. Like, you cannot hold down a car. They don't know what they're saying. But the reason is that the, one of the only things that helps to calm down the baby is the mother's voice. Why? Because that voice is familiar. That voice is familiar. And so it's one of the only things that the, that the baby recognizes. One of the reasons so few people recognize God's voice is because it's not familiar. People are, are waking up in the morning, checking Instagram before they, before they read their Bibles. They're, they're checking Twitter before they even take a moment to pray. And so, so they hear every other voice and they recognize every other voice, but they're like, I can't hear from God. Well, you're putting every other voice before God and every other voice on the planet is so familiar, but God's voice is not familiar because you're not persistently pursuing God's voice in your life. You've got to consistently pursue God's voice. In John chapter 10 and verse 27, it's what it says. 
says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. See, so you learn to recognize God's voice when you persistently listen. And God gets to know you, and then you get to know him. And here's the thing, is that God is personal, and he'll speak to every single person in different ways. You know, God knows every single language on the planet. God even knows all the new lingo. I was talking, uh, we had a, a, one of our young adult leaders come to us last week, and they're like, hey, what does, and I won't say the statement because it'll give it away, but it's like, what does this mean? Like a, a, young, a young kid came up to me and was like, hey, like, and they said this statement, they're like, I don't know what that lingo means. And I was like, well, let's get, in the, we had to like get on Urban Dictionary and find out, right? Like, as a youth pastor, can I just please implore you, beg you, even teenagers, stop making up words. Like, we can't keep up. We can't even, like, we can't even talk anymore. Like, it's getting out of hand. But can I tell you, God, he even knows all the lingo. And he will talk to you in a way that is so personal, that you understand, that hits home with you. But he won't if you're not even listening. You've got to persistently pursue the voice of God. And then what that voice does is just like a voice of a mother to a child, it brings peace. That's the last thing I'm going to talk to you about tonight is peace. This is the way that for me, God has spoken to me in this way more than any other way with a sense of overwhelming peace. Now look, there's, there's a couple ways that you can distinguish what's not from God. Number one, God, God will never, he'll never say anything that disagrees with his word. His word will never return void. So that's why you gotta know the Bible. God will also send you leaders and he'll send you mentors and people into your life that will help give you wisdom and advice. But often what happens is when you need to hear the voice of God, he will speak to you through a still, small voice and bring peace. Philippians chapter 4, verse, verse 6, it says, it says, do not be anxious about anything, not even four back-to-back -back AP classes, but in everything by what prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Pray and keep praying. Pray and keep praying. Make your requests known to God all through the lens and with a heart of thankfulness and then peace that doesn't even make sense will invade your heart, it'll invade your mind, it'll invade your life. And it's not just, can I just say, it's not just a peace. It's not like a, a chill vibe or a peaceful vibe. It's the peace of God that's recognizable. How do you know when God's speaking to you? How do you know when God's calling you? Well, it's when, it's when you are praying about something and you should be freaking out, but you're not. You just have peace. That doesn't even make sense. It's when you're praying about something and you should be full of anxiety, but instead you're full of peace. It's when something's happening in life and, and you're asking God to answer and, and you should be stressed beyond belief, but you're not. You just have peace. Often the way I've made decisions in life is saying, God, give me peace on what direction to go. And, and he'll give peace to go this direction and, and this direction almost feels like, like tension. Like it's, it's almost like, like I just don't, I feel anxiety if I head in that direction. But in this direction, even when it doesn't make sense, I have peace. God will speak to you through peace. And that's why tonight, before, before we move on, before we get to the second part of this message, I want to pray that God, for anybody in the room who is praying for something, 
who is seeking answers from God, who needs to hear from God, I want to pray that God would give you peace and that you would recognize God's voice. I, I want to pray that if, if there's, a, there's a road that you might go down, a, a, a way that you might, a, a life decision or something, and it's not from God, that he wouldn't give you peace, that he would actually give you a little bit of uh, tension, and you would know that's not the way to go. And I want to pray that we would learn, we would learn what the voice of God sounds like by getting in his presence, persistently pursuing it, and through that, we'll hear and feel and experience his peace. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much that you do speak to us. It's not a guessing game, God. We don't have to sit around and guess. You speak, God. So I pray that tonight that you, that you would speak. I pray for anyone in the room who, who has decisions to make, maybe about college and life, and maybe about what classes to take this year. Maybe it's about a certain friend that they've been wanting to to talk to or to pray for, to give advice to. Maybe it's about um, some family stuff. God, I pray that you would bring peace, God. And I pray that we would learn to recognize the voice, God, that comes from you, God. That as we, we really are your sheep, that we would learn to know the shepherd's voice, God. I pray that we would literally become a community that's infatuated with hearing from you. And God, through all of that, 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 that we would really learn to know when it is that you're talking what you sound like, God, what, what your voice feels like as it comes to us in that still, small way and brings your peace. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Kenneth McCow. Hello, Bridge Youth. How are you guys all doing this evening? Fantastic, I hope. I almost said morning. Oh, my glory to God. <laughs> Good morning, Nathan. Hope you guys are all having an amazing, amazing evening. Shout out to all the people who came after the first day of school and booked it here. After baseball practice and soccer practice as well from like the people at Day Middle School and Sage and stuff. If it's your first time here, you're literally in the best place to be on Wednesday nights. Like seriously, I can't even exaggerate that enough. I could like preach for like an hour on just that. And um, like, yeah, you're like instantly family to us. We love you, we back you. Uh, we're privileged that you're willing to spend your Wednesday evening for, with us, especially on, after the first day of school if you're in TVUSD. Um, but yeah, let's crank out this message so that we can get to talk about. Shout out Solomon. All right, everybody, bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to pray real quick. Uh, thank you, God, for a wonderful, wonderful evening tonight. I want to thank you, Father. You're just going to accomplish glorifying yourself uh, through this message that is. And you want to speak to these students, God. We're just so eager for what it is that you have in store and are expectant. God, just have your way and do what only you can do. We're just eager to see what it is that you want to speak to us. And we want to thank you that we're going to be able to absorb everything that it is that you have in store for us. God, we just want to seek to glorify you, honor you, and praise you through this message. And we pray all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm going to go kind of quick just so we can get through this uh, with enough time and be on schedule. So continuing in, uh, as Corey said in our Summer Night series, we're going to be examining two questions in today's message. And those are, have you ever felt like there was more to life is the first one. And how can you know that God is calling you is the second one. And addressing the first question in the first part of the message, the first um, point that is going to be titled today is Intro a Calling. So just to answer that first question, have you ever felt like there is more to life? Just to answer that straight off the bat, yes, 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 there is so, 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 so much more to life than you can 
sit here and comprehend it, just sitting here and listening to me speak by myself. No eye has seen, no ears heard, no mind has conceived what it is that God has in store for those who love him. It's a um, verse that I was standing on at camp, and I think God is going to try to press into this message today. Like, we cannot expect a God who is so extraordinary to have plans for us that are just ordinary. Proverbs 16.4 is going to be the first verse that we, like, pull from. And it says that the Lord has made everything for its purpose and for its season. Now, looking at biblical examples of people who are purposed and called to do, like, all this stuff in their lives, we think of people like David and, like, Moses and Joseph and people who had all these crazy, crazy stories in the Old Testament, right? And now, like, examining, like, these three people specifically, like, while God spoke to them about what it is that they were going to be doing, like, in their lives and different points um, in their stories, there was no point, like, in their stories to where God, like, revealed to them the entirety of what it is that he was going to have them doing um, in that calling and in that purpose. Really, they were only given, like, glimpses and these, like, tidbits of what it is that God was expecting them to do, like, through, like, the dream that Joseph had with, like, the burning bush with Moses. And that was because God wanted them to be able to operate within the faith that he was, like, calling them to operate in it and to, like, enter into that calling that he had for them, right? Like, so now, like, sitting here, like, you can, like, not necessarily know, like, what it is that, like, God, like, wants you to do in this season or the next or, like, in life or whatever it may be. And you don't, like, have an understanding of, like, this God who, like, wants you to, like, accomplish this, like, amazing, amazing thing in your life, per se. Uh, but, like, like, look at, like, the story of Moses. Like, when he, like, encountered God at, like, uh, the burning bush and God was, like, I want you to, like, lead, like, the Egyptians out of slavery. Moses was super, super, like, doubtful about, like, what it is that, like, God was going to, like, have him do. Like, how can you expect, like, me like just this like person to do all this stuff that you just told me that you're calling me to do. Like I stutter, I'm so incapable. There are so many other like people who are far, far, far more capable than me to accomplish what it is that you've called me to do. I used to think that this like a lot in regards to like going into ministry, I would look at people like Corey and Elliot and Gary, and I'd be like, God, you're like, you're low-key funny for that if you think that I'm gonna be like preaching to like crowds of people and stuff. And I used to like really stutter and get like nervous on stage a lot too. But um Moses could have stayed in that mentality of I'm so incapable of what it is that you're calling me to do, but instead he decided to cling to that calling rather than run away from it and walk out of that cave excited for what it is that God was going to like do in his life. Like trusting God whether like you're in like the season where you don't know what you're going to do and you're kind of doubting what it is that God wants to do and trusting God like when you're like completely on fire, like two like different, different things, but God like wants you to like have faith in both of those seasons. Like when your faith is at like the absolute highest and like when it's at the lowest, it's because when you have faith in like those tough times and those low times is when God is like laying the groundwork for something amazing that he wants to do in your life. And um, into the next two verses that we're gonna look at, Luke 10:2 and Matthew 22, 14, it says that the harvest is truly great, but like the laborers are few. And there's no like in it, but I just, I don't know. Matthew 22, 14 says, for many are called, but few are chosen. And so now like focusing on that, like the harvest is truly great and like many are called, but both of those parts talk about the few. And I wanna like encourage and kind of hope that like none of you guys like seek to like be those few who missed uh, that calling and uh, because of like they're not willing to invest in like the labor and miss out on like the harvest. Um, like don't be one of the few and be willing to sow in this season that you can reap in the next. If you're taking notes, Corey talks about how like God like, likes you more if you're taking notes. And if you're not taking notes, then 
I pray that you like lose one of like a pair of socks or something like that. Uh, so if you're taking notes, write down that the seeds that you plant in this season will be the fruit that you reap in the next season. Um, and in regards to like missing like your calling, actually Sky brought up this verse. I wasn't even necessarily like thinking about using it, but just like uh, kind of last second added it. Matthew 6.33 says um, that, uh, but seek first like the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things will be added unto you. So if you're like worried about like missing that calling and what it is that like God has for you in store, or like has in store for you in your life, just know that if you are diligently and actively like seeking God, there's no way that you're going to miss that calling. Um, and like if there is something that you're like seeking like more than god in your life right now like if that's something that like popped into your mind that like you know that you're diligently like searching after more than god i want to like challenge you to like put god above that specific thing that you thought about and getting into the second part of our message we're going to be answering the question how can you know that god is calling you so the second part of the message is entitled listen and central to it if you're taking notes you can write down listen expect and then respond to god's voice if you have your bible go ahead and turn to john 5. we're going to be reading john's account of jesus when he was returning to jerusalem in john chapter 5 and he was entering through like the sheep gate at like the pool of i think it was bethesda i'm almost definitely pronouncing it wrong but jesus uh goes in there and through this like non-fictional like historical account of like john of what jesus did at that time and he's going uh, returning to Jerusalem and going through the gate and there are people who are waiting to go into the pool of Bethesda to hopefully receive healing and there's this man who Jesus sees in John chapter 5 who's a paralytic and has been sick for 38 years and so in John chapter 5 verse 6 if you have your Bibles you can go ahead and read and Jesus asked him uh, or in the verse before as it says Jesus saw him and knew that he was sick for 38 years. And then in verse six, it says, Jesus asked him, would you like to get well? And in verse seven, it says, and the man said, I can't, sir. And this man almost missed out on the miracle and the encounter that God wanted to have for him because he was not willing to listen to what God had to say. And he put the sickness that he was like dealing with up like, like a wall in front of him that kind of hindered him from being able to like listen to the voice of God, right? And so this man was in the presence of like Jesus, you know, like world famous in like the world at that time, walking around changing the world forever. He was on the first, like the front page of like all the newspapers and like gossip columns and like whatever was like popping in those days. And Jesus was like famous because of what he was doing and he was gonna like change the world forever, healing people, touching people. He was like the Messiah, the promised son, like the savior and all this stuff. And this man has the opportunity to see him and talk to him and in this opportunity where jesus even offers him healing and gets to speak to this man he listens to him and says i can't sir now like in this story like while like the presence of god like at that time like um they were able to like experience the presence of god physically through uh god's son jesus and now here we are existing 2,000 years ago after stories like this that we're able to read about the life of Jesus. And while we can't per se like experience God physically like they were able to 2,000 years ago, we can still experience God spiritually. And he is still very, very much at work. Now, this man had allowed his ailment, his like issue, to like hinder him from being able to listen to the word of God and like act on it and respond to it like actively, right? Like not um, specifically like sickness that we might be dealing with, but like any like issue like sin depression anxiety whatever it is that like you put in like front of your like relationship with god that hinders you from like being able to like 
listen to him. Remember, like, this guy was dealing with his sickness for 38 years. Like, almost none of us students, like, none of us have been alive for 38 years. So, like, like those of you who have dealt with the sin that you're dealing with, and it feels like it will never end when the presence of God, when God, like, speaks to you and wants to have an encounter with you, it would be a shame for you to put that thing up like a wall in front of you and to not listen to what it is that God wants to say to you. It, at camp, uh, we preached from this story, and I likened it to um, being able to experience the presence of God. And it would be a shame, like, when God says, like, come up to, like, the front. Would you like to receive healing? And, like, sitting in the back and not being able to, like, respond to that voice when God tells you something. And now on, the, like, the subject of listening to God, I can't, like, stand here and give you, like, a manual or a step-by-step, -step, like, process on how to make like God, like the creator of like the universe and everything like sees us here, knows us and loves us through and through. Like how to make that God come down here and like rip the roof open and speak to your ear audibly or like write something on the wall or like something really, really spiritual like that. If there was a manual for it, I'd give it to you, but I do not know where it is in the Bible. So, but um, there's this preacher who I've really, really come to like, who Johnny showed me and a bunch of other students in this Bible study. His name is John Bevere. And he um, talked about um, <laughs> he talked about how listening to God or hearing God's voice, the reason that it can be hard to like speak on is because, like Corey said, God talks to each of us differently. And um, John, Pastor John, likened it to how like a father can like talk to like each of his sons differently, or how I could talk to like a 30-year-old or a 50-year-old differently from how I'm going to talk to like a five-year-old. And so, but in light of that. In uh, one more verse that I'm going to pull from uh, in regards to listening to God, it ties into a conversation that we had in our Sunday small group a couple Sundays ago, and that's 1 Timothy 3.16, which says that all scripture is God-breathed and useful in teaching, correcting, and rebuking, and restoring, so that a man of God can be fully equipped to do every good work. And so with that verse in 1 Timothy 3.16 through 17, whenever a student comes up to me and says, like, how can I like hear God or what can I do to hear God's voice? I instantly like say like, okay, you want to hear God, right? And I go and like try to find my Bible and I'm like, here are thousands and thousands of sentences and paragraphs and pages of things that God has said that he wants you to be able to apply to your daily lives. Um, endless like God breathed scripture that he wants you to read and meditate on and learn and like learn how to apply it to your daily life. Jeremy started talking about in small groups scripture sufficiency. I didn't know some like theological term, but I just learned it like that Sunday. And um, it has to do with like how the answer to like every single question and issue that you can have in life, you can find in this book. It's just like a matter of like, are you willing to like read it and dig into it and search for that answer and find what it is that God wants to say to you and has in store for your life. The intimacy and focus on like the word intimacy, like that comes from prioritizing God's word and seeking him for yourself and conversing with him and listening to him and prioritizing God and reading his word, it cannot be like replaced with anything else in this world or it cannot be substituted for anything else. Don't settle for proximity when God wants to have intimacy with you. Um, my mom always talks about how like God is like a gentleman and he won't like kick down like the door of your heart and like enter into it like the SWAT team or something like that. But um, the fact is that like God never wants to like take control of your heart, but he wants you to like give control of your heart. 
and to be like willing to like prioritize God in that area of your life and to like seek him fervently and to say, God, I fully surrender everything that I am and I fully commit myself unto you. And tying into that sentence exactly, fully committing yourself to God. Remember our sermon in this sentence was, God will listen, or God will, li or yeah, God will listen to you if you learn to listen and to obey him. But I want to add like to the end of that and say like, obey God fully. Uh, tying into the last part of the message today, which is committed, but committed fully. And so just before concluding, uh, just focusing on this last point, like are you committed to like that calling that God has for you? And are you willing to do the steps to surrender what is necessary and to stretch yourself where you need to stretch and to grab and enter into that calling that God has for you? Um, like committed, like no matter the season, whether like life is like all like dandy, like through like the prayer fields or like it's kind of like tougher or like whether you're like the captain of like the football team of like essentially or like you're on the bench or whether you're like on this stage like every week like preaching, giving announcements or like you're on your hands and knees uh, picking up trash, committed to what it is that like God has like called you to do in this season. Like in every season committed to God, there is a lesson learned in character built and progress made and God molding and shaping and creating this person who he wants to enter into a calling that he has for them in the future. And so my question is like, are you like committed to what it is that God wants you to do in this season? Willing to like let go and to like trust God, like no matter like the season that you're in. Um, sometimes, and I'm, I'm gonna like emphasize like the sometimes like in this part, cause like not always, but sometimes in the calling that like God has for you, you have to go through like this desert and this storm and this trial and this crucible in order to enter into what it is that like God has for you. Like in like the story of Joseph, like in between um, him like having like this dream and being like the visor under the Pharaoh, like the second most powerful person in Egypt and probably the world at that time, between like having that dream and being like the second in command under Pharaoh, there was like this pit and this desert and this like trial and he went through slavery and prison and all this other stuff. But the really, really admirable thing about Joseph's story is in every single one of those places between the dream and being second in command, there was like so much commitment that he had to God no matter where he was. Whether he was like in prison or in slavery or in that pit, he chose to, no matter what the season was or what he was going through, fully commit himself to God. We talked about like uh, sowing in the season you can, so you can reap in the next. And he was so willing to like honor God in every season that he was. And God saw that and honored him and was able to make him the second, second most powerful person in Egypt. And the last verse I want to pull from is Second Chronicles 16.9. It says, For the eyes of the Lord constantly roam the earth, searching for those who are fully committed unto him. This is actually, um, ironically enough, this is a Bible verse that Pastor Reed really really loves and preaches on it all the time there's like a message of his that i've listened to like 50 times and he always brings up this verse and there's like sunday nights it's like or like i guess like sunday morning like 3 a.m if you're like that guy who like points out the time like that but um i'll like not be able to like sleep before like a sunday here so i'll like live stream their messages because it's like 8 a.m over there and he always brings up second chronicles 69 for the eyes of the lord constantly roam the earth searching for those who are fully committed unto him and um, when I first found this verse, I would like reread it and meditate on it and like read like the whole chapter like over and over again. And I don't, I can't remember if I like talked about it like the week that we were at camp, but I definitely talked about it a lot the next week at camp. 
in like or in like summer camp when I was like captaining and doing devotionals with like different churches, right? And I was talking about how this verse to me like literally describes Bridge Youth. Like when I think about Bridge Youth, like what I think about is like these two pastors and like a bunch of their leaders who are like fully, fully committed to what it is that like God wants to like accomplish through them, right? Um, like those people who are like willing to like stand in the middle and take like those like lost, hurting and broken students in one hand and take God in the other and do whatever it is that they can to bring those two together. And like the fact is that there was like, I don't like see like the way that Bridge Youth has like grown so much these past couple years by chance at all. I think that God had a mission and a purpose and something that he wanted to do in the lives of so many students in this valley. And as he like roamed the earth, like searching for like who it was who was fully committed unto him and who it was he could use to accomplish what it is that he had in store for those students, he's roaming and he sees this youth group full of people who are fully committed unto what it is that he wants to accomplish through them. And then in seeing that, he saw it fitting to bring us those lost and those hurting and those broken students so that we can be used by him to accomplish what it is that he called us to in those lives. Actually, Pastor Corey talked about how like um, uh, serving is to like be, there's like a, I can't remember where it is in the Bible, Corey, but it talks about uh, us being like the clay and God like the potter and God being like willing to, or if we're like willing to like allow God to like to shape us and to mold us and to like create in us like what it is that like, he wants to accomplish through us. And when I see like bridge youth, I see these people who are like willing to commit themselves unto God, no matter like what the season is or like what it is they're going through, so that God can like use them to accomplish what it is that He had in store for like the students like in this valley, right? And it's not by like chance or luck or anything like that, but it's like under like the perfect like plan and will that like God had in store for like the students in this valley that He wanted to um, move in. And so like as like a challenge to like anybody who like heard that and identified it with it, I wanna like challenge like every like Bridge Youth attendee uh, who hasn't been like fully committed to what like God wants to do to them and you've kind of been like seat filling or like that's just like a silly term or um, kind of just like coming to like see your friends and like whatever it do or like if you get that like last second text invite and like a car picks you up then you're like willing to or you're just like here for like the fun of it or whatever, like come to like an understanding that there's like a God who has not finished the mission that he has like in store for this youth group or for the students in this valley at all. And the fact is that like outside of like those doors, there are students who like are waiting to like have that encounter that God wants to have for them. It's just a matter of like us willing to be able to come alive in our faith and to like take that next step and to like answer the calling that God has for us. Uh, in order to do like what it is that he wants to accomplish like through this youth group and like in the students in this valley who God wants to have a relationship with and wants to have that encounter with and ha wants to have that opportunity with just searching for those who are fully committed unto what it is that he wants to do like with them and through them whatever season that they're in. Um, as like God like roams the earth like searching for those who are fully committed unto him as like the verse says it'd be cool if this was like a youth group full of like not just like pastors and leaders but like 200 like completely on fire and like ready students who want to be like used by God to like accomplish what it is that he wants to do through them in the season that they're in and so in conclusion I want to do like an illustration that I did I think it was like the Thursday morning of camp with Bridge Youth and um also at this moment, uh, we can have the band come up for worship. So 
the Thursday morning at camp when we were doing Devo, I just want to do what we did real quick. And what I had was I had all the seventh graders um, that were in the room at that time just stand up real quick for me. It was like Sage, Dylan, uh, Kai, and everybody else who like just started like seventh grade today, stand up. You don't have to stand up on your chair like we did at camp, but just stand up in your seat like where you are. Sage, Dylan, Kai, Kaylee Budell. Oh, and seventh grade girls too. That way, I know I didn't volunteer with the seventh grade girls, but y'all are cool. So seventh grade girls stand up also, just wherever you are. All right, how was school today? Was it all right? Was it okay? Decent? <laughs> so basically, like, why I had them do this um, at camp was for, like, the sake of, like, an illustration. The first time that I ever, like, uh, went to camp or, like, basically, like, decided that I would pursue God a lot of, like, largely the way that I am today, it happened when I was, like, in seventh grade at camp. Actually, I said that, like, um, I could have gone when I was going into sixth grade, but uh, my little brother Kevin, he's one year under me. I remember like when I was tricked when I was little in like an elementary school camp, and I thought I was going with both of us. And when I get to the bus, and Kevin and I are, like like this and everything, and then I get there and they're like, Kevin's like not going to camp, and I bawled. And I was crying hard. And so when I was like in sixth grade, I was like, I'm not going if Kevin's not going. And uh, when I was in seventh grade, we both went to camp, and. Um, uh, I don't know, like, this, like, desire and decision to, like, start my pursuit for, like, a personal relationship with God, like, really, really started then. And basically, in, like, the years that were, like, from, like, Noah's height to, like, mine, if you want to, like, try to, like, imagine that, uh, I had, like, so many, like, different, like, opportunities and chances to go into, like, this route that, like, my friends were doing and to like go and do like this thing instead of like what it is that like God uh, was like calling me to do and to go and uh, like pursue like this route that was like outside of the calling that God had for me. Uh, Jeremiah 29 11 says like, uh, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future. And I think that like that verse is like so, so, so true. Because like as I like stand here like all the years like from like there to here, I just like constantly think to myself, especially now that I'm like going into like the next season that like, God has called me to, like there's like no, no thing I'd rather be doing than like what it is that like God's called me to do now. And I couldn't trade as far as like what ministry has been like and pursuing God has been like for anything that like the world can offer me. Low key, I brought this up on Sunday, like all of my friends who are like, uh, like sophomore year who I was like hanging out with and doing dumb stuff with, they're low key like bummy now anyway so like I don't know if I would like want that life over like the life that like God has given me today um as far as like uh committing yourself to like what God is calling you like when you're in like seventh grade it can literally just be like listen to your parents and go to school and it doesn't have to be like a ton more or it can be like get involved in like the kids ministry and start like a homeless outreach and do like all this other stuff and get to church and set up the skate park and straighten the chairs and pick up the trash. It's just whatever it is that like God is like wait on like your heart to like do in the season that you're in. And as we conclude, I want to invite everybody to come up, stand up and come up to the front for like one last session of worship. And uh, 
I want, we want to do something like a little bit different tonight as we like conclude service. And I don't know where Robbie is at the moment, but oh, there he is. Robbie, come up to the to the stage for us real quick. So Robbie, if you guys want to, let me dab him up real quick. So if you want to like imagine it like real quick, Robbie, first of all, he's um, concluding his leadership here at the bridge and he's gonna go into like the church that's like closer to his house where like God has called him to be right now. It's like a really, really small church. It's like kind of like a startup church, but like he just feels God calling him to go and be like a leader and like impact like this youth group that um, doesn't really have much for them right now. But um, if you want to like try to imagine it real quick, like Robbie was my junior high uh, leader when I was going from sixth to eighth grade. As he's like leaving tonight, well, like I'm also leaving, whatever. But um, yeah, it's really, really wild to think sometimes. As well as a lot of other people who are in this room tonight, like Noah, Vic, Devonte, Kevin. We would give Robbie a hard, hard, hard time as a junior high leader. Like it was not easy for <laughs> it was not easy for him like whatsoever. But I don't know. Like I just always see like Robbie like never like gave up on like me or like any of us so how am I gonna like give up on any of these students basically like uh, Corey always talks about how um, if you disciple correctly your disciples will disciple and like all of Robbie's students are like now graduated or graduating and like doing all this crazy stuff and I've spent like so many countless like Sundays in small groups and like Wednesdays picking up and dropping off students thinking that like I am literally the leader to some people who are going to do such crazy, crazy things in the future. Like, um, I don't know. I have no doubt that I was a leader to children who are going to be like far, far greater leaders than I like ever was in like my years of doing junior high ministry here at the bridge. It's crazy to think if you like, if I like turn back like time in that room, like over there, my sophomore year, like the first time that I like walked into that room as like a co-leader under Robbie as a sophomore in high school, I would have seen Jaden and Caleb Young in the sixth grade, if you can try to imagine that. And Vincent, who I met later on that uh, school year, who are actually now both sophomores in high school. But um, yeah, it's crazy to think that Robbie's commitment to the bridge, um, if you want to try to imagine like 13 years, like brought about like all these students who are like now graduating. Um, so in a moment, we want to take time to like pray and send off Robbie, but we want to hand it off to Pastor Corey. Um, one thing that's also happening tomorrow is Kenneth is hopping on a plane and he's starting his journey to Manchester, England, where he's going to be doing an internship for 10 months. And really the internship is to pursue the call of ministry that God's placed on his life. God's called him to be a youth pastor. And so... He's answering that call. He's listening. He's being not just committed, but fully committed. Um, Robbie's been here for 13 years. So it's at, it's, if, as we're talking about like, hey, like Robbie's felt called to go into, to do ministry in his home city in San Jacinto and, and Kenneth feels called to ministry is going to the UK. If you're standing here thinking, maybe God's calling me to something too. That's awesome. Like come talk to me in 13 years, okay? So after you've been here serving 13 years, then we could talk. No, but both of these guys are, they're listening to God. They're following him. And after 13 years of being involved in this, I could say like, 
and Kenneth for God knows how long since birth probably. Um, they've both been here and Bridge Youth wouldn't be what it is without, without Robbie and without Kenneth and without so many leaders like them. Um, and really, it's just see you later. But before they, before they say see you later, I just wanted to give them a quick moment, one, two minutes to just share one last encouragement with you guys. So Robbie, you had one thing left to say to these students. What would you say? Well, I'm just so excited for what is to come for Bridge Youth, guys. I mean, we're talking about today, we're talking about listening to God, uh, knowing what our calling is. And each and every one of you guys standing here before me today, you have an inkling in your mind, an inkling of your heart, what God is calling you to do. And just like the message was, be persistent. Seek God, because you don't know next year or two years later down the line or two and a half years since this man stepped up here and just really, you know, God used him to, and the team around him, all the leaders around to transform this place. And in that much more time, we're going to have to push all of uh, our congregation and do our youth in the main sanctuary because we're going to have so many students in here. And I, I really just want to speak that into your guys' lives because... In this next season, this next school year, you know, God is going to do some great things if you guys are persistent, if you guys listen to his voice, if you guys are walking in the calling. But if I really, if there's any real takeaway that I can give you, uh, what has been my big thing to, to go into the next season of what God has for my life is I had to realize there's some things I had to let go of. There's some things that I was holding on to that I had to, to put aside and say, okay, God, now I, I, I let go of it. I can grab a hold of what you have for me, whether it's friendships, whether it's relationships that you know are no good for you, whether it's those, uh, you're going to have to make some changes, those party invites that you get, text messages last minute, you know, instead of go hit the books, go hit the weights, hit the gym, you know, come to church, go meet somebody that needs a mentor, one of these 13-year-olds, instead of going out with your friends that are going to be up to no good because in order to, for you to be successful in this next season of life, you gotta put yourself in the right environment. You gotta have a vision and focus, just like all of us have had, and this is why you see all these kids out here tonight, because when I first came here, like, maybe 30 kids here, you know, and this place has completely been transformed. And it's all up to you guys to carry the vision and carry the journey, and I'm so excited for what God has in store for Bridge Youth, okay? I kind of feel like I already said it. Almost everything I would like need to say, I just kind of preached for 15 minutes. I had like a long, long list of like funny stories I always try to weave into like messages, but none of them fit within the time frame, so I had to throw them out. Sorry for that. Sorry if the message felt like kind of a rant more than like preaching, but I think there was something I wanted to like get across to you guys. There's gonna be like, there's a lot more leaders than like just us two like kind of exiting Bridge Youth as we're like going into like college and other things that like we're gonna be like doing in life. Um, but I kinda wanna like encourage every single one of you to kinda answer like whatever it is that you feel like God might be like asking you to do at Bridge Youth or even just like uh, anything outside of Bridge Youth that you feel like God might be calling you to do to like answer that calling and stuff. Um, I don't know, it's been really, really awesome volunteering with all the junior high guys in this valley. Um, come visit my future youth group wherever it's at. I've always like fantasized like it'd be like really cool to like uh, be like at whatever youth group that is and like have like a like, row of 
like the junior hires in the back who are like 25 at the time and be like, those are the guys, like those are like the students who I was volunteering with when I like, fell in love with ministry and stuff. And, uh, I don't know, yeah, come find me wherever I am and like whenever that happens in a decade, like no matter like what you're doing or where you're at, like just like come find me and we'll like talk about whatever we want to talk about. Hey, I love you guys so much. Bridge Youth wouldn't be what it is without you guys. Know this, we have really two generations. We got Robbie was Kenneth's junior high leader, and now Kenneth is a junior high leader. So who's this going to be over here? Because now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. God never, God never leaves a void unfilled. When Moses died, Joshua stepped up, and Joshua brought the Israelites into the promised land. As you see one generation to another, who's going who's gonna to fill the void? I'm not stressed about it. I'm not worried because God always fills it. So who in this room has God put it on your heart to step up? Like Kenneth said, um, they're not the only two that are kind of moving on. A lot of you, there's a few of you who have graduated high school and, and uh, tonight's your last night. For some of you, there's a couple, couple weeks ahead. But hey, if you're in the room and um, I want to pray for Robbie, I want to pray for Kenneth, but I want to pray for another group of people in the room. If you're in the room and, um, and you're, you've been a part of the Bridge Youth family, but you graduated high school, and um, whether it's tonight or this month, later next month, if you're heading off to college, you're going to a different city or a different state, um, right now, would you just raise your hand wherever you're at? No, there's a handful. Okay, so you're not allowed to go, just so you know. So that's that. You can put your hands up. I'm just kidding. Hey, put your hands up real quick. Leaders, would you just um, make your way, move, move around through the aisles, go lay a hand on them, and, and we're going to pray right now. God, I pray, for, I pray for Robbie. I pray for Kenneth. God, I, I thank you, God, for the time that we've had with them, God. I thank you for all they've invested, and I pray that the blessing that they've been to us, God, it'll be, it'll really just be a small amount of a blessing, God, that they will then receive. Like Kenneth said, that the seeds that you plant in this season is the fruit that you will reap next season. I pray the seeds that they've planted this season, that they will reap those fruit, you know, reap that fruit in their next season. God, I pray for every single senior in high school that just raised their hand. God, I pray that as they go, that you would go with them, God. We send them with blessing, knowing that what they're doing is they're taking what you've done in their hearts and in their lives. You're, you're, you're taking them with that to different parts of the world, to, to San Jacinto and to the UK and to Arizona and to Northern California and to Riverside and to Redlands, all over, God. We send them with blessing, God, and we just claim that they're going to go and they're going to change the world around them, God. They're going to be the ones that go not half committed, fully committed. So, God, I pray that you would just be with them every single step of the way, God, that they would go and that they would go boldly, that they would be strong and courageous, God, and that you would walk with them, God. And we thank you, God, that you're already putting on people's hearts right here, right now, to be the Joshua's of this next season, to step up, to move forward, God, because you're taking us places, God. You're not the type of God that stays put or stays stagnant. You continue to move forward, so we're going to continue to follow you. In Jesus' name, everybody said Come on, everybody said, hey, one more time together. Can we just worship God?